0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. She grew up with the children of the stars.
1: Hiya there, welcome to the latest episode of Believe in Kings. I'm your co-host Shannon Bentley alongside Kevin McClelland. Well, the Kings managed to break their 10-game losing streak, but their winning streak didn't last very long.
0: Not a good game last night though,
1: eh? Oh boy, it's so crazy. Like, I don't know, on paper, they're amazing, right? Their numbers are amazing, their veterans are amazing, they should be a fantastic team. Well, they've and they've proven that they can be a fantastic team. And you see these little glimpses, these flashes of fantasticness. You know what I mean? And then it's like, then they yeah. have a game like they do against Montreal, or even worse against Dallas. So I don't know. Oh, right. It's frustrating.
0: Yeah, it's tough because I mean, you know, uh, they've what well, they've lost eleven of the last twelve, but. You know, a lot of those games, if you go over it and look at it, they could win these games. I mean, last Absolutely. night last night was a team that I think they really had difficult with Montreal's speed in their transition game. And it showed right on that second goal where Faneuf's trying to come in front of his net there
1: oh uh, yeah
0: he throws that pizza right to the other team and makes it two nothing that's just bad timing right there because you know they're, they're getting their chances obviously during the game and uh, you know when it's one nothing and you serve that pizza right up the middle that's uh that's tough when it makes it two nothing for sure
1: that was a full-on deluxe large if you ask me oh my god <laughs> yeah
0: from the oven to your door and about ten seconds or less. You know what I mean?
1: Exactly. Oh boy.
0: But it's given it's given the other guys opportunities to uh, to come in. They're starting to inject some uh, younger guys in their in their lineup, trying to get uh, push these veterans here to see what uh, is going to sort itself out through the summer for sure. But that Chicago game, they just put it all together in that Chicago game. That's what you're talking about. But you look yeah. at you look at the Chicago game. That's where they snapped the. Uh, Their 10 game losing streak, that was the second longest in history. So that was good to get that out of the way. But, you know, they got two power play goals that game and they got scoring uh, contributions from everybody up and down the lineup. And and that's what you really, uh, really need to win in the NHL nowadays.
1: Yeah, there were 10 players that actually had a point in that game. So that was fantastic. Everyone contributed.
0: Yeah. And like I said, the special teams won the battle that night. Uh, yeah. L.A. was uh, uh, scored two power play goals, and Chicago ended up with none. And uh, we talked about it before. Special teams is going to be huge, you know. And uh, uh, last night, again, uh, I just think they, felt, they uh, uh, faced a big, young, hungry hockey club that uh, uh, I think uh, skated them into the ground a little bit last night for sure.
1: Yeah, they have, like you mentioned, they have had a chance to uh, play a whole bunch of different players. The lines have been completely changed up from game to game, which has been interesting to watch and see how different players play with some of these these up and comers.
0: Yeah, and again, my my philosophy in coaching. Hey, I'm not in the NHL. I'm coaching youth hockey, but was in the pros for a bit. I always like to keep two guys together to have that uh, to be familiar with each other, and then I always flip a different guy in on each line. Yeah. And, uh, You know, I know it's always tough as a coach trying to figure out lines and stuff like that. A couple times I got so frustrated I just threw all the names in a blender and whatever came out. That's what <laughs> I was that's what I was using that night. So maybe they should try that trick, but. Again, they got lots of good players, and, uh, you know, they had some opportunities, man. Price uh, stood on his head last night, but you always have to find a way uh, to win these games, and, you know, when it's one nothing, you just can't uh, uh, make a mistake like you do on that second goal, especially from uh, a proven veteran.
1: Yeah, exactly. They have been, uh, they've been keeping Dowdy and Forbert consistently together on D, but the rest of the lines, they've, been kind of testing out pairs which has been interesting they've got like the four basic veterans uh faneuf dowdy martinez and forbert but then they've got a bunch of new guys that are looking to find some spots they've got Ledoux. they've got mcdermott who's been called up they've got walker they've got roy and these guys kind of have to i guess find a, a a partner to play with is that is that the way it works is you to try to find someone for them who clicks with them, who gels with them.
0: Yeah, that's what you want. You want to find a good chemistry there. And, you know, Martinez come back in the lineup for the first time in a little while last night. So you knew there was going to be a little flip-flopping on the pairs and stuff like that. But uh, it's hard to find that chemistry. Sometimes, uh, you know, coaches like to put an offensive guy with with a defensive guy. And Uh, a lot lot of times that works. I mean, you look at the team I played for in Edmonton. You know, Paul Coffey was up the ice all the time. Like, he was like a. He was like a fourth forward and then, you know, you always had the reliable Charlie Huddy that would always stay back. So they were just a perfect, per- perfect compliment. Uh, you know, Dowdy, he can play with anybody. So I think yeah. that, uh, uh, anyone that gets to play with Dowdy is, uh, really going to benefit from it. And you read the article Martinez is really, you know, trying to help these young kids out too, uh, with being a veteran defenseman. So again, that's a good, uh, good thing to be reading in the papers. These older guys, uh, trying to help these young kids and uh, insert them into the lineup
1: yeah he uh, he had a pretty good game after being away for eight games um just stepping back in he uh you know he wasn't too noticeable which is sometimes the best way to be as a defenseman
0: <laughs> yeah that's what they say if you don't notice it, you're doing something right but you know usually the first game you come back and you know the energy level's high and everything it'll be interesting to see usually the second game that's where it catches up uh, to you when you come back off a little bit of a layoff
1: Now, there are a couple of uh, things that I wanted to talk to you about, get your opinion on, as far as next season is concerned. Um, The organization is talking about a couple of changes, rule changes, things like that, that may be uh, under consideration in the off-season, one of which is helmets. And we noticed in, in the game that, You know, a player had lost his helmet and some of these younger guys, especially the rookies, immediately skate towards the bench because that's what they're used to from the OHL, the AHL, where they have to either pick up their helmet, put it back on, or immediately um, IIHF requires that you just skate straight to the bench. You're not even, you don't have a choice. They're talking about maybe adopting some of these rules in the NHL. What are your thoughts about the helmet rule?
0: Well, with all the talk about head injuries and stuff like that, and the guy that's uh, obviously lived it and went through it, you know, I think any time that you can save save a life or you know protect someone from smashing their head on the ice, uh, I think it's a great thing. At, uh you know what, get off the ice, get your helmet on. I think you know you only have one head, and like I said, with all the stuff that's out there with concussions and head injuries right now, I think that uh, that would be a great rule to great rule to come in. There's no sense uh, tempting with it for sure.
1: Definitely during warm-ups as well. That's another thing being considered is right now helmets aren't mandatory for the warm-up period. So that is something else that uh, I think would probably be a good idea.
0: Yeah, I mean, just, you know, like it's it's uh, those helmets are there to prevent uh, – anything like that, any bangs on the head or pucks to the head, or, you know, if you're out there and you lose your helmet and all of a sudden you get into a little bit of a, a scrum on the boards and you go back and you hit your head on the ice. I mean, there's been a lot of people over the years that have been out there and uh, hit their head on the ice and died. So, again, why mm-hmm. tempt, tempt with it? It's an easy adjustment. I think it would be great, uh, a great message, and uh, hopefully it gets done.
1: Yeah, for sure. Another one is uh, once a penalty is called – the face-off is in the offensive end, mm-hmm. but they're talking about giving the power play team the option to choose which side, left or right, they'll have the face-off.
0: Wow, I think I saw that in PlayStation the other day. you kidding me, man?
1: <laughs> no, they're huh? really talking about it. So what do you no.
0: think? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's pretty... Uh... Pretty nitty, but obviously, if you got a guy that's stronger on uh, on the face off on one side, you're going to choose yeah. one side all the time for sure. It's a bit of a coaching strategy, but for I don't sure. know. I just uh, I don't like that. I think too many rules like that uh, are, are coming to play. You're really now all of a sudden you're giving that team a penalty. Uh, that's at a disadvantage. Now you're bringing wherever the puck is from all the way down into the defensive zone. That's another one. Now you're going to give them another opportunity to even really you know uh try and score that power play goal so I think you know once the penalty's called let him serve it okay now we got that rule and it comes down to the uh, offensive zone I think that's enough you know next we're gonna say you know we're gonna, we're gonna put the goaltender on the bench for 10 seconds when, <laughs> the, puck when the puck drops he's got to get back into the net before they get a shot on goal like come on man you know
1: <laughs> that'll be Kevin's new rule
0: <laughs> hey if that had happened when I played maybe I got would have got 10 a year you know <laughs>
1: So too much of an advantage, as far as you're concerned.
0: Yeah, I just, you know, that just, I don't know, it just seems real weird, you know. But don't forget, hey, the new uh, way of the NHL. Obviously, I'm still stuck back in the, back in the <laughs> '80s. So, again, I just, uh, I don't know. They, they've done, they've done so many good things with the, with the game and the rule changes and everything. So, hey, it might work. It uh, might be a good thing. But right now, me thinking about it, I would have to say no.
1: Yeah. I think I agree with you. One rule that does really tick me off right now is the offside video replay rule. That is driving me insane. Every time there's a goal, the other team has the opportunity to ask for a video review. This is slowing down the game, and it calls back so many goals that it just drives me insane. Because the play wasn't stopped at the time.
0: Yeah, that's always tough to get used to, too. And, uh, you know, remember a couple of years ago they had that goalie interference thing. And, uh, yeah. uh, you know, the Buffalo Sabres and Dallas got in that big controversy. And I think they've backed way off of that now, too. So if they're going to do this stuff, stay with it. But, uh, you know, the game has always been played. You know, it might be uh, half an inch offside or whatever. And, uh, you know, it really didn't cause any problems in years past. Obviously, they get the calls uh, right all the time now, but you're right. You know, the game gets stopped. Uh, the, the game get gets stopped and they go over there and they have their chat and they're trying to figure it out. They look at it three or four times and, uh, you know, it does delay the game a little bit for sure. Especially when you got a team that's just scored a goal and all of a sudden, you know, got a little bit of energy, probably, hopefully it's in their home building and that exactly. just all, that all just gets uh, snuffed right out the window for sure. So, you know, it's a disadvantage for a home team, obviously, if they score a big goal and all of a sudden the crowd gets electric and Next thing you know, you're sitting there five minutes waiting for them to decide if it's a goal or not. It just sort of, uh, you know, uh, takes a lot of the electricity out of the building for sure.
1: Absolutely. So if they do decide to keep going with the video review of Offside, to me, they've got to get rid of the blade on the ice part of that rule. Because you can't, like, just the cameras that they have available, the camera angles and shots, it's not like the NFL where they've got the the goal line cameras and things like that. They're going to have to either set up a camera right on the blue line, or they're going to have to get rid of the blade being on the ice rule because yep. that's, you can't tell. So that's what half the time wasted is about is always oh, is, is the tip of his blade still on the ice or did he lift his skate? You know, it's just, it, it gets a little ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it does. And I mean, it's just, you know, it's very hard to tell even sometimes, uh, like you said, when they're doing the replays and they're they're still making calls out of it. So hopefully they're making the right calls. But you're you're right. They got to have something right on the blue line there and uh, have a good vantage point of it because it doesn't look like there's a lot of consistency every time it does get called.
1: Right, exactly. Another uh, rule that they're considering is eliminating line changes. When a goalie or a defensive player knocks the net off, it's Moorings, which I can kind of see.
0: Yeah, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, again, I don't know what the big deal is on that, but uh, uh, how they're going to decide and, uh, if it's purposely knocked off or, you know, been pushed in it. That's where, again, there'll be a little bit right. of gray, gray area. But, in all these little rules, uh, just I don't know what how they're going to help how they're going to help, help the game, you know what I mean? Like, if you're knocking mm-hmm. that off and the whistle goes, uh, change. Don't change, whatever. It, uh, uh, too many rules, too many rules. These guys must have too much time on their hands. So.
1: <laughs> that could be part of the problem, yes, for sure. <laughs> one thing uh, that they completely, they, they had brought to the table, but they completely nixed, was one-minute penalties during overtime, three-on-three play. Because they said it uh, was too much of an advantage for the four on three, but then somebody somebody brought up a good point. Well, then you're just going to have more shootouts, and that's kind of you know that was the whole idea for the three on three in the first place. So they completely nixed that. So we don't have to worry about
0: that. Yeah, we had that uh, rule when I was coaching the East Coast League where they had the one minute minute penalties, and uh, if it was uh, 30 seconds left and uh, I mean, 30 seconds left in the penalty, uh, going into overtime, they would just cut it in half to 15 seconds. But uh, really? It really, yeah, we, we we tried that before in the ECHL, and then all of a sudden, you know, the point with that is if you're going to it's three on three, so you get a penalty, then you got to go to four on four on three. The guy mm-hmm. comes out of the box, you're four on four. Now, if there's not a whistle for the five minutes of the overtime period, well, you're not settling on anything because you always wanted a three on three. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah was, so, I always
1: thought it was kind of weird.
0: Yeah, it's a good thing they nixed that for sure.
1: Yeah, and one thing that looks like it will actually be happening for next season is they're going to add clocks to all four corners of the rink so that players can see how much time's left in a power play or a penalty kill, depending on what side you're on. It'll kind of eliminate that whole goalie slapping his stick on the ice thing.
0: Wow! Yeah, that's unbelievable. I, there's going to be a few people that are going to be mad to have season tickets because that's probably going to be right in their sight lines, a shot clock right now. They're not going to be able to see the game. But, um,
1: True. Yeah, I never
0: that's thought it, of that. Yeah. I mean, I I never even thought of that. You always, uh, you know, that's why you got coaches on the bench to remind guys when the uh, time's left on the clock. I'll always tell my guys if there's 10 seconds left, I'll yell out to them and say, hey, 10 seconds, put that shot clock in your head, you know what I mean? So, again... Yeah. Probably something that's already addressed. I mean, you've got all kinds of people reminding guys how much left's in the penalty or yelling out in the A's, hey, 15 left, 15 left. Now they're going to uh, bring something else in again. Who knows? Maybe it'll work. But uh, I don't think too many guys are going to be looking in the stands to see how much uh, time's left on the penalty for sure.
1: Yeah, I don't think it would have much impact on the game at all.
0: No. Just, i tell you, we got to... Get some of these guys that are thinking these things. We got to give them some uh, something to do during the day.
1: <laughs> I agree. It seems like they have a little too much time on their
0: hands. Yeah. So, what All do we right. got? We got the Kings now. They're what? 16 points out of the playoffs, eh?
1: Yeah. They kind of did a little bit of a nosedive there.
0: Yeah. It's uh, it's tough. And these are, I tell you what, especially for these guys like uh, Kopitar and uh, Dowdy, are used to win them, man, this is just killing them right now. And, uh, uh, it's always a tough thing to try and get through these, uh, these last couple games. But again, yeah. you know, if you look at the brass uh, Robitaille talking about, you know, he's telling these, uh, he wants these young guys now to push the older guys. So they're doing exactly what they want to do. They're getting to see these, uh, uh, young kids in the lineup and, uh, assume who's going to make the club next fall. And, uh, it's going to take a little time to rebuild, but uh, obviously right now they're getting uh, uh, the young guys involved and it's going to be end up being a good thing at the end of the day.
1: Just from your experience, when does all this get sorted out? Is it uh, completely in the offseason or will they have some decisions made before the end of this season?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, still obviously there's going to be some decisions made, maybe guys they want to cut the fat with, you know what I mean? Guys that uh, are playing good hockey now, they'll probably just pencil them in like on their ghost roster or whatever. But then all of a sudden you got to all your free agents in the in the summertime too, so a lot of that uh, ha- still has to sort itself out. But you know, if they got the key pieces, they know some of these young guys are going to be able to be inserted in the lineup. Then it makes it easier on uh, on signing a bunch of free agents in the summertime. But again, that's just their ghost roster, and all of a sudden when they get to training camp, so many things can change. That's for sure.
1: So when, uh, when training camp starts up, then they still have the opportunity to kind of work some bugs out or, or get things figured out.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, they go have guys inserted in there, but you never know. At training camp, there's been many guys that have went to training camp and earned spots on the hockey club that didn't think we were going to be there. So, again... Hmm. Most of it's done in the summertime, you know, trying to add a key free agent or, or getting rid of one of your guys that's got a big contract to make more salary cap room. But, again, a lot of it's done, and that's why it's so important to have a good minor League system. And Ontario seems like they're doing a great job. I don't know who the coaches are, there, but it seems like they're doing a great job with the young guys. And uh, when they come up, they're contributing to the L.A. Kings, and that's what you want.
1: So who gets the invitation to the training camp then? It's not just the guys that they're they're definitely going
0: to be using? No, there's a bunch of guys. Anyone that's under contract by the organization, obviously. And, uh, you know, there's probably, I don't know, nowadays, uh, maybe 10 to 12 uh, free agents that are just invited out trying to make an impression. So... Again, you know, there's lots of things that can happen. Obviously, you probably have 50, 60 guys at training camp, and there's only spots for like 25 guys. So that's where you fight it out. And uh, if you're one of those free agent guys or a guy that's coming out of college or a junior that never got uh, drafted or signed, then that's where you want to make your impression. So a lot of options for the Kings right now. And, again, I think the big thing is going to be, you know, uh, the little trades that they made uh, for some of these guys near the deadline that uh, hopefully some of these guys come in next year and be able to fill a void that that they're missing on the big roster right now.
1: Looking ahead, they play St. Louis here in Los Angeles on Thursday, but then they head out on the road to play Arizona and Anaheim on the weekend.
0: Well, the thing is, is all those teams there, they were the teams that uh, they were going to be fighting it out with. And, Mm -hmm. you know, too bad they weren't a little closer because those are all winnable games. I mean, St. Louis, uh, Anaheim... You know, those those are all winnable games. Arizona, and it's a shame they're only not like eight points out right now because realistically they could go and win those next three games and, you know, that's six points. Now all of a sudden if the other teams lose, you're only two points back. But, Mm -hmm. again, too much of a difficult task right now. But, again, the big thing is is get that winning attitude back in the organization, back in the dressing room, and uh, that cures a lot of things.
1: Well, hopefully they can put on a good show for the home fans against St. Louis. How much uh, of that energy of that positive attitude is the responsibility of the veterans?
0: Well, it is. And I mean, you got guys like Dowdy in your dressing room. They're going to make sure that the guys are, uh, you know, still have that energy. But yeah, you know, you look at all year long, I mean, uh, 43 out of the 66 games so far this year, the other team scored the first goal. Uh, Wow. And, And all of a sudden, you know, last night, a big game again last night, and, you know, Montreal comes in and, uh, you know, scores the first goal, then they score the second goal. But, you know, when you're at home, man, you should be that team that comes out and, you know what, go for it. You should be firing all cylinders and, uh, you know, wanting to grab that lead. So that's a stat that's really probably uh, uh, hurt them this year. They're always coming from behind, and they're a team that, you know, aren't going to win a lot of those games, you know, 7-6 or 6-5. You know, they got to keep the scoring down a little bit. And, you know, they're always uh, uphill battle, it seems like. But when you're at home and hopefully they come out against St. Louis, you should be going uh, like Montreal did last night, you know.
1: Yeah, all cylinders fired. And what at this point, what do you got to lose, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, just go out. I mean, you got some great players. I and mean, go get pucks deep, you know, make solid plays in your own zone. You know, don't try and do too much. Get a, you know, establish your forecheck early. How are you going to establish your forecheck early is you get pucks in the comfort zones and, you know, go put a couple of those defensemen up against the glass and let them know you're coming all night. It, uh, it makes it a little easier to score goals. But, Again, come out with a purpose. It's your own building. It's your own fans. And uh, I think we'll see them do that uh, against St. Louis the next game.
1: Well, let's hope they listen to your advice. Hey, maybe we should get you a spot on the bench.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) They've they've changed so many rules I wouldn't be able to keep up with them. You know what I mean? (laughs) The net would get knocked off. I'd try and make a change. And they said, no, hey, didn't you get the memo? We changed that last night. No, sorry I didn't, but I won't try and make the change, you know?
1: Well, if any of our listeners have any questions or comments about the new real proposals or anything else, Kings for that matter, be sure to send them to us at Shannon Believes via Twitter or Instagram. Once again, thanks so much for listening and bye for now.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform.